G'day guys and welcome back to another episode of Thriving in Chaos with me, Paz. Thank you so much for choosing this podcast to listen, watch, wherever it is that you get your podcasting needs. If you haven't already, jump over to Instagram, Paz underscore official page and give it a follow. I release daily content as well as sneak peeks for all of the episodes with the amazing guests that I have coming up. Anyway, guys, enjoy this episode, and until then, I'll see you later. Alrighty, so I am joined today by Emily King. Emily, thank you so much for uh, for joining me today. How are you going? Yeah, I'm good. Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. It's an absolute pleasure. Um, so, Emily, tell everybody a little bit about you. So, you are the CEO of Team King Bodies, and that is a enormously successful business within the online coaching world, but take us into that whole realm. Thank you so much for saying that. Um, yeah, so I have a team of coaches. We have six coaches now. Um, I officially started probably in like 2017, but I was dabbling in the online space probably around 2015. Um, mm-hmm. So we've been around for a while now. Um, and the vision, I guess, for our company is to teach coaches to be better coaches. Um, so I really want a few more coaches on my team, but not too many that it's hard to handle. So we keep mm. the quality really um, on point, I guess. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that's really us as a, as a company. So with, uh, with you saying that, that the, like that team King bodies is more, you're focusing on the, um, on the coaching side of it. Is that yeah. what you guys, and then the clients come later with that. So what's your building block then? What are you looking for in a coach with their experiences and things like that? So obviously, like, first of all, like our our dream client, I guess, or our, our clients that we attract are just general population clients. Like their mums, dads, usually. I get a lot of shift workers, spiker workers, nurses. So just everyday beautiful humans that just want to get fit and healthy, lose a bit of weight, feel confident again. Um, and so in terms of the coaching, so we look for coaches that are specifically skilled in certain areas. So like mm-hmm. I have a lot of just general population clients and coaches now. So that's like Kira, Steph, G is, um, G Levitt. So she's more of like our comp prep coach. Um, and we'll move more into that space. And then we have Jarman who is, um, uh, more into the general population, but we'll probably move into the comp prep space as well as he matures in his role. So the idea of like our coaching services to, I want to bring on a postpartum specialized coach um, and also someone that coaches over 40s. Yeah, well, so just making sure that you've got the broad brush for, for everybody that wants to come and see you. So yeah. what started that whole, um, I guess, the the idea that that's what you wanted to, to focus on and to start to build that and, and how did that take place? Look, I think there's like so many coaches in this space um and i know Mm. that over the last probably five years it's just exploded and it's not the i think people think it's saturated and yes it 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 can be but it's not saturated with good quality coaches um and i think it's the quality that we're missing so that's my real passion is to bring the quality up of the coaching um and the only way i can do that obviously is to get them on our team have we have weekly calls we do mentoring with them um, it's a really safe space to ask questions and to throw ideas around. Like we probably talk to our coaches every day in some way, shape or form um, around what's going on with their clients. How can we help them? How can we support them? 
And it is something that I'm really passionate about because the only way to improve people's outcomes in terms of client results is to improve the quality of coaching. Mm. Yeah, I 100% agree with you that yes, like especially within the social media realm, right? Like there's so many your online coaches that have got, you know, this whiz bang ebook that you can buy for $1 that'll solve all of your problems in yeah. you know, two pages reads. So yeah. I think that there's definitely a lot of that clickbaity type of stuff that gets people in and then when they read it they just go i feel like i read this on google yesterday when i was doing my own little bit of research so with your with the six different coaches that you have does um does that mean that they are spread out across australia is it international how do you guys manage all of those coaches so most of them are actually gold coast based so we have uh, jarman and g are here steph is down in melbourne um, and Kira mm-hmm. is in Bali. So we do manage a lot of international clients, though, a lot coming from especially the US and the UK. Um, the idea would be to get some coaches from over there as well. We do have some clients that would be really great candidates for that as well. Mm-hmm. But it, we, 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 we work with everyone, like depending on – it doesn't really depend on where you live. Um, I have clients that obviously are over in US, so the time delay kind of sucks sometimes. But we manage mm. and we work around it. Yeah. So what's the um what's the premise then I guess for somebody that comes to you and says, "Hey, I need uh this this is my goal. This is what I want to be able to achieve." What's your first steps in being able to understand from their point of view because that's the most important thing, right? It's actually understanding their lifestyle, how much they move or how much they don't move. So how do you guys navigate that if you guys got your own like questionnaires, applications, things like that that you do? Yeah, so I think a lot of coaches use like Trainerize app if you're familiar yep. with it. So yep. we use that as well, um, and it's a fantastic platform. I I haven't seen a need to move from that to my own app whatsoever because it has everything there, yep. right? So um, it has that consultation there. But we also ask our clients the first thing that all of the coaches do, depending on who you're assigned to, um, is like just uh, tell me a little bit about yourself. We you can either have a call with our clients as well. So we don't do like weekly calls like a lot of other coaches do for the reason that we do work with a lot of parents and like they're working throughout the day and then they're parenting at nighttime. So when do they get to sit down for an hour and have a chat to us, right? So yeah. we do everything over like video recorded looms. Um, I'm not sure if you're you're aware of those, but looms or video recording or just written replies. Um, and yeah, the first thing is like just getting to know the client. Like what do they need? Who are they? What is their lifestyle? What is their job? Um, and from there, essentially in the consultation, I actually assign them to a coach who's going to be best suited to their goals. And then I will, then the coach themselves will go through the whole history again and figure out like, you know, what do they need? Because there's so many different things like, there's definitely not one size fits all and a lot of clients need very different approaches. So it's it's my favorite part is to kind of meet them up with the right approach because then they're like, shit, this is possible. I can do this. And this is like, I've never been shown this before. And that's what we get a lot from people coming from other coaches is like, you know, someone was trying to make me train six days a week when all I can do is three. And I'm like, mm. well, it's, it really comes down to what you can do, right? Absolutely. And I think that that's super important of meeting people on also that enjoyment factor too, right? Um, I spoke about this in one of my other podcasts is that if you you see it a lot, 
and it's a lot of uh, yes, there's some there's a lot of science and things like that based around it. Um, but people who are always saying and just really ragging on the both cardio and also um, like weights for whatever reason you're doing them. And when you're seeing a lot of people saying the same thing over and over is you don't need to do this to achieve this goal, but you're robbing them of their enjoyment factor if they do actually enjoy going for a run or doing the CrossFit type workouts or all of those types of things. And that's super important for you guys to be able to, like I said, meet them at that level and say, you love running? Sweet. Um, the last thing I'm going to do is to tell you don't run, right? Yeah, exactly. And and so. Like- yeah, sorry. No, you're fine. It's it's and it is like I think people probably look at me and go like, "Well, you're a bodybuilder, therefore everyone's going to be doing the same thing as you." And it's not mm. true. Like a lot of my clients, we have like a four day split, and then they do like a functional day, or they do Pilates, or I have a lot of girls that are into running right now. I feel like it's a trend, but that's okay. Yeah, we'll ride yeah. it out. Um, and that's fine. Like if they find enjoyment from it and they need to mix it up, like I think um, a lot of general population people, like including myself as well, like we can't do the same thing all of the time uh, and mm. stay really connected to it. So it's, it's about finding that kind of balance between what is going to be effective, but what's always, what's also going to be really like entertaining and what's going to keep you on track. Mm. Well, finding that uh, the fine balance between the consistency and the discipline for, especially if it's a new learned skill like fitness and health and things, which might be very far left for a lot of people. And so if you can keep them consistent and disciplined with something that they love, then it's far easier to get them to go to the gym for that three, four days or however many it is. And so that kind of, I guess, leads us into a little bit of like what you've touched on um, there briefly with yourself being a bodybuilder. And I've, I've looked through all of like, you know, a lot of your photos and videos and yourself and your partner. I mean, if I sat in between you guys, I would feel like a pipsqueak, right? Like that's, <laughs> you guys have done phenomenal work with your, your own physique. So take me into like that. What, what started the desire and the, the fire burning for you to start getting into that style of training? No, cool. Um, look, I there's just so many things, um, and something that I talk I talked to like my counselor about, and it was like, and I got real deep there for a second, but I'll kind of take you on the journey. Okay, so in in high school, I wasn't like the popular kid. I I was someone that like I wasn't necessarily bullied, but like I was just I was lonely. I didn't really have like that many really close friends. I probably had like one. And all the rest of the girls were in like a group. So I felt really quite left out at the time. And I felt really like disempowered. Um, and so after school, when I kind of started finding myself and finding people that, you know, would support me and actually liked being around me and stuff like that, I found the gym, essentially. My mum introduced me to the gym. And I think I was like 16, maybe less, maybe 15. She says she didn't take me to Les Mills class, but I'm pretty sure she did. And that's yeah. kind of where I started. It was it was either like we were there watching her train um, and waiting for her to finish or like and, and then I would start going to the gym as well and just doing like classes and things like that. And it was just something that was really like empowering for me. Like I felt strong. I felt in control. And I think I really needed that at that stage of my life when a lot of things I felt like I had no control over. Mm. Um, and for me as well, like coming from – where like yeah maybe I was bullied during school like 
if I got stronger, they couldn't bother me, right? Like, and or they mm. like, and what I noticed was a shift in people around me from like, this girl's like weak and fragile, and she's got like nothing going on with her. And then I started getting like strong, and I started competing, and I started doing this, and they're like, oh shit, like where where did that come from? Like, yeah. who is she? And a lot of people that would like, I guess, pick on me or not think I was good enough, like would reach out and be like, Hey, how you going? I was like, ah, no, that no, don't come around yeah. now. So yeah. yeah, it was a way of empowering myself and it was something that I could really control. Right. So, um, I started competing when I was 21. Yeah. So I spent a fair, fair amount of time just training and doing that as an enjoyment. Um, and it was, I was in a small town of like, I don't even know. I can't even guess how many people, very small town. Yipoon, if anyone knows, lovely town. Um, right next to your but, fork. If everyone's looking where your spoon is. <laughs> right next to your fork. That's so it. in Yipoon, there's not a lot of people that, not a lot of bodybuilders, not a lot of people that train to compete. Um, there probably is now. Um, so I was training with my mates who were both, who were guys. And that kind of sparked, I guess, that training mentality, more of the bro split kind of thing. And that's where yeah. I started. And I was just training hard since I was like, they're 19, started competing when I was 20. So I've been competing for a good, like, 10 years. So hitting those chest and tries, back and buys, typical bro splits, eh? Yeah, legs once a week. (laughs) Only once? (laughs) Only once. Nice. So with that, um, with the the training that you were starting to develop, the enjoyment that you're starting to, to have within the bodybuilding scene, what made you go because obviously there's a lot of especially now not so much maybe back then like you were saying that a lot of women are starting to get into the sport of bodybuilding and they are some of the most phenomenal physiques like that I think are out there because you know men's bodybuilding has been around for such a long time and all of those factors so what was the what was the tick over point for you that you were like looking at yourself in the mirror and you're just like you know what I think I might actually take this on stage and see how I go here I think from a really, like, from the start of my going to the gym phase, I was like, this is, this feels really nice for me to do. And I respond really well from it. And like, yeah. that was kind of, uh, I'm good at this. I should explore this a little bit more. It, like, I had never really experienced anything like that um, in my life. Like, everything yeah. before that, including school, had been really hard. Like, every learning anything can be really difficult. So picking this up and being like, I grow. I love it. It feels good. Like I see results like this. There's got to be something in this. Um, and then people yeah. would obviously be like, do you want to compete? And then mm. uh, so I started competing in, in like ICN, which was a fantastic yeah. start for me. Yeah. So uh, with that, with that first competition, how did you go? Did you place? Did you, or was it just like a great experience or all of the above? I won. <laughs> That's of course, look out. Yeah. I think my first season, I ended up going pro in fitness. Wow, that is a phenomenal feat. First, first one. So that would have obviously then just absolutely stirred the fire. Wow. And then, what is the what's the stepping stone then um, from going from that ICN up to the next level? What's the those steps look like? So for me, it was like I competed in ICN. I got my pro card in fitness. I competed in a pro show in Dubai. I came back and I was like, okay, maybe I'll try figure in ICM because I was growing like quite a lot. And like, it was 
I wish I had more structure. Like that's the thing that I wish I had at the start of all of this. I wish I had a, a coach because I essentially yeah. coached myself and just got ideas of people along the way mm-hmm. and Lane Norton and bodybuilding.com. Um, yep. And then I went into figure and I was like, I think I've maxed out here. Like, and I was, mm-hmm. I think I got second or maybe I placed first in that one. I was like, this is kind of the top and I've reached it. So like, what do I go from here? And then at the time mm-hmm. I actually did a NABBA show and that was interesting. It wasn't mm-hmm. the greatest setup. Um, and I just kind of like did an eight week cut and went into that. I had no idea what I was doing. Yeah. I got second and yeah. I was like, all right, I didn't really love this. I didn't love the posing. It was like barefoot kind of bodybuilding posing. Um, and then I saw WBFF emerged essentially in Australia and I was like, all right, this looks like something that I can do. And the figure posing wasn't like traditional figure posing. Mm-hmm. It was feminine. They get to dress up and have nice bikinis and it was more glamoury. So I was like, okay, let's do that. And obviously in between there, um, dabbling, not dabbling, I started using PED, so I couldn't stay in ICN. I had to yep. use, go to a non-tested federation. So mm-hmm. it was kind of like I'd achieved a lot naturally. And I was like, what's the next step from here? So yeah, WBFF was it. Which I think is a very important kind of stepping stone um, for anybody, male and female, is pushing your body to what you feel is the maximum limit before you start dabbling in the peds world right that's one of the things that i see especially and you would see it all the times especially young guys and girls but i see it more in in males that they're 18 19 and they're not huge but you can tell that they've got some stuff pumping around in their veins that would be something i would imagine for all of the different clients that you guys have would be something you guys would say to them right yeah, hundred percent. And like, this is also why I don't do too much comp prep clients. Um, for the reason that I think there's just too much, too many people going down the PD route before their time. Especially like, I don't think anyone before the age of twenty one, twenty two should even look at it. They need to have at least six, seven years of training under their belt. They need to have proper solid off seasons and to know what that feels like naturally before they even take it to that next level. Because like I've heard of people going to the gym for a year and then starting on some drugs and I'm like, you don't even know what you're, you're capable of. And mm. there's so many side effects that people don't know about or they don't speak about. Cause obviously it is such a taboo topic um, that can occur, especially for women. They're just, and they're doing the wrong thing based on what like some bro said, they're not going to yeah. the right people. They're not going to, doctors are not going to people that are educated they're just listening to their boyfriend right or their mate um and it, it is really hard for like i guess young guys because they probably see bodybuilders and they're like i want to be that i want to be that right mm. now and you're like yeah but no it takes time it's just time and effort yeah and that is such a massive thing like you just said is that it's it's that consistency it's turning up and then you also you won you get so much more out of it because you've put the hard yards in and you've worked so hard and that when you reach that limit and you know where that is, and that can also be hard to kind of go, oh, this is my limit because then you might do another bulk or something and you get even bigger than the last time and you're just like, fuck, I peaked. I've done this too early. Yeah. Um, can you take us back then to that? what that training 
and the the nutrition and all of those things looked before you jumped on uh, any PEDs and then when you decided to, yep, I'm going to start doing this stuff now? Honestly, like I wish that I had more structure with my training and my nutrition when I was in like ICN days and because yeah. I had like genetically um, and I hate it because like genetically I was built for this this thing and like that's the yeah. thing like there are people that are made for it right they could just eat shit and do a little bit of cut and rock up and look fucking awesome yeah. and that yeah was my younger days like and that's why I continue with this sport and that's why I'm good at it um but like I still obviously had I had a, some I had coaches on and off I never really clicked with any that I felt were really knowledgeable because I myself was doing so much research and I was like, I know more than you about this. Okay. I'm just going to approach myself, which in hindsight, like I wish that I had gone to the top of the ladder straight away. Like with my potential, I wish that I had gone to like the best coach and been like, I'll pay you. But at the time I didn't really have a lot of money for coaching. Right. So like, and it was expensive. So, and it is expensive still, but I wish like if this was like me talking to a 20 year old that is like doing well and competing, Go see the best coach. Don't yeah. don't fuck around with like mid level, low level coaches. Go see someone that they know they know exactly what they're doing because you mm. can go so much further with this. Like I wouldn't change my path because obviously it led to me being here. But I could I have achieved so much more if I had gone somewhere, gone to someone earlier. Like I just trained like an absolute fucking beast. Like yeah, if you ever see like true bodybuilders <laughs> train, it was like. I didn't even go on with the plan. I was just ripping reps and doing heavy deads and doing heavy squats and doing all the things that obviously make you grow. Um, and my food, like I would just eat a lot, have a lot of protein. Like I wasn't tracking. Tracking probably pre-2017 didn't really exist in the industry, right? Like it wasn't yeah. really a thing. It was more like meal plans. So like I would mm. follow a meal plan for a while and then I would realize that I couldn't stick to a meal plan and it was really hard for me. Um, so like I would be really like good, quote unquote, during prep, during that cut phase. And then like post comp, it would be, it was really struggled over and over again because I hadn't, didn't have any flexibility and I didn't have any, like, I wasn't macro tracking. It was just like, you just have a dirty bulk, right? It was like, that was yeah. kind of what was the, the thing back in the day. So thank yeah. fuck we've come a really long way from that. Um, and now like, this is probably like what my second really structured bulk in like how many years uh 10 years so that says yeah. something right like we've really evolved as an industry um and then post starting peds that's when everything got really like on point because i realized like and then people don't probably think about this either is like peds do fuck all if you're not training correctly if you're not resting correctly and if you're not eating correctly like mm. you can still take all of the drugs in the world and look like a piece of shit if you don't do those three things. Yeah. Um, and I think they think that they're like the magic, the magic pill, right? But they're really not. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And I know that that's what I, I see a lot of um, within my training and the amount of, uh, especially guys that I have been around that have, you know, been taken, taken everything under the sun. And then when it comes to doing the work, they're just like, yeah, but I do I do PED, so I can just get away with fine, a half-assed right? fucking session. And you're just like, bro, if I was jamming yeah. that shit into me, I would be in there just fucking working, trying to get what it yeah. is. It's supposed to be performance enhancing and you're doing fuck all performance. What do you mean, mate? Yeah. 
so true. Yeah. It's so true. And, and, so- like, and there are genetic people that will build off the tiniest bit of stimulus. Mm. I get that. And that's probably what people see is like, they will see these, like these mutants, right? That they do like a little bit of training and they're like, but like for majority of us, you like, you need to do the work, especially in the gym. Like you need to be training to failure. (laughs) Yep. And so with, uh, with that step then into taking PEDs and getting into, into that world, you said that everything became way more streamlined with nutrition and everything else that comes with it. Did you find that you were one of those people that just kind of just went pop really quickly or did you have that slow burn? So in the middle of all of this, there was a point when like I started PDs and a lot of things were happening in my life that were causing a lot of unrest. Um, yeah. which made like my training, my training was always fantastic. Like my training has been something that's stuck always, but my, my nutrition, like I wasn't eating enough. So therefore like I wasn't laying down a lot of new tissue. Like, yeah, it made a difference to my strength. I could definitely notice that. But like in terms of size, like I could have got so much more from it from the fact that I just wasn't eating enough. And like food yeah. is the most anabolic thing that you can ever put in your body. And I know that now looking back, I'm like, I didn't change dramatically is because I wasn't eating enough. Like, yeah, I felt like I said the strength, but that's probably about it. Like, and the thing is like, even in the last like 12 months when I've had the most incredible coach um, and he, we do like everything's speak span, like perfect. Right. Like tracking every day, not missing a session, PDs in play. Like I thought that I would be like, a monster by the end of this, like fucking huge. But like, you know that after like 10 years of training, your results come slower and slower Mm. and slower. So like, it just goes to show, even with PDs in play, it's still fucking hard. Like it's so Mm. intense. Yeah. Did you, um, when you first started to step into the PEDs world, did you have any kind of kickback um, either health wise but also from anybody that was around you like you know your girlfriends because they're like oh you know you're gonna do this and that or any of the guys that you were training with because you know like all of those stupid fucking things that come into into play honestly i didn't really like the friends that i had um they didn't really know or they didn't really care like they they were just like they wouldn't have cared they and they mm. wouldn't have said anything. They just kind of supported me, whatever. Yeah. Um, the only kickback I ever had was like on socials by some random keyboard warriors, like, yeah. and it, they're not even like that. I had said anything about it because I think I probably wasn't very vocal about any PED stuff probably until like two or three years ago. So mm-hmm. prior to that, I just wouldn't say anything. Um, people would obviously assume, and therefore they would like say really nasty things online, which I didn't give a fuck about, but. Like, that's the only kickback that I've probably ever had. Like, my mom and dad, they they know. Like, oh, no, yeah, yeah. I was, I'm thinking if I've told them or not. They know. But, like, yeah. they they know that I, like, I was a nurse in a previous life. So, like, they know that I'm not risk-taking. So, yeah. yeah. I've never really had any kickback. Well, that's good. And, I mean, you, you touched on it then that it's only been something that you've only within the last few years started talking about. What was the reason why yeah. you didn't want to talk about it to start with? 
And why do you think that that is such a trend within the bodybuilding world? Because it's very, it's clear as fucking day, right? To anybody that's spent any time in the gym yeah. for a little while, that somebody has started to jump on gear of any kind. Yeah. Why do you Look, think that it's still that like, oh, no, but I am? Yeah. This episode of the podcast is proudly brought to you by Power Sub Strathpine, Strathpine's best supplement store. Biggest brands, cheapest prices, all available in one location. You can go in-store and use my discount code PAZ10 for a 10% discount. PowerSup Strathpine, home of no home brands, all of your supplement needs, all in one place. And I, th- I think it's really, it's real shit when people lie about it. Like I mm. understand if people don't want to share or divulge, that's so fine. Um, but, but it's not okay to lie about it because then people are looking at you going, oh my God, like that is achievable naturally. And then they're like, well, why am I not achieving that? You know, and then, then they yeah. feel shit about themselves of comparing themselves to someone that's super physiologically jacked, right? So mm. um, I think the reason why, especially women don't want to share about it is because of that kind of kickback of like, oh, you're going to turn into a man or a lot of the stuff they don't know. And all the biggest one for me is, and I still find resistance in sharing, especially like when I put one of those NLG boxes up, fuck me, the amount of great questions that come through about PDs and stuff um, is wild. But it's because like people think that it negates the work that you have to put in. Therefore they think that you are a cheater. So every time that I've talked about it, I have to be like really clear and be like, PEDs don't make the athlete. Yes, they make a difference, but again, if you're not looking at your training and if you're not looking at your food and you're not looking at rest and recovery or and mindset, like none of it's going to work. And we know that through like people doing it and still looking like shit, right? Like mm. you have to have all these things in. So that's like sometimes I find it hard to talk about and I get defensive about it because I'm like they don't people don't really realize how hard this sport is. Like they really don't until you're in it. The, the off seasons are brutal. The preps are brutal. Obviously, we love it because it's brutal. But like that work, sometimes people think, well, if you're taking PDs, it's easier because of that. Mm. Do you feel that it um, that it does any anything? F- obviously, faster because like you know you get the the tissue repair a lot faster. Has there been anything that you've noticed uh, either as a positive change but then also as a negative change from starting on on peds within your training so i guess like the idea like the ones that like the eileen too um they help with recovery but in saying that there's only like i've gone through this whole off season and i've been i've had doms the entire time um i also have a two-year-old daughter so like i'm up at night time i don't get that recovery that other people (laughs) would essentially um yes it's helped with recovery um people looking at me would be like yeah you've grown heaps but like if people ever see the training that i do and the amount of food that i've had to jam in in the last like 12 months i better fucking grow right like yeah (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah like there's so many different pds also like there's there's ones that help with recovery uh obviously like anabolics um there's ones that help with like there's thyroid medications there's there's fat burners there's all these types of things and and fat burners sounds amazing like oh my god it must burn your fat straight off but 
yeah. it, it doesn't like things like clenbuterol can be used for that but again it just like increases your heart rate and increases your temperature therefore like you burn you burn a little bit more yeah body. that's right right so like it's not like the wonder drug that is like you take it and you're like oh i'm lean um yeah. i wish it worked like that yeah and so let's move uh, let's move away from from PEDs. We won't just get fixated on all of that shit because <laughs> there is there's so much, like you said, there's so much depth to to bodybuilding and to the sport that is becoming more and more, especially over the last kind of five to ten years. It has just grown astronomically, especially because of things like uh, Instagram, TikTok, social media in general. And yeah. so let's go out of bodybuilding slightly and you touched on it just then that you have a two-year-old daughter how Mm -hmm. does that impact and you said the sleep obviously but there was obviously a time when you were pregnant and then that impacts your your training what was that like to kind of have to be like well fuck how am I going to train while I'm pregnant did you train and what was that journey it was a whole ride Right, like it, from the start when I was pregnant, I was, I was, I'm a completely different person to the person that I was like two and a half years ago. Like no, no doubt. Um, at the start, I was like so naive to the changes that the body could go through, and and I wasn't even sure of what I was capable of. And I like I'm in, I am in awe of like the body now, especially the the women's body in my own body, like of what it can go through and what we can withstand and how capable we are. And at the start, I, I was I was quite scared more so about, like, my image and what that would look like. Yeah. And, like, would I get back to the person, the, the body that I had prior? Would I, um, you know, be competing again? Was this the end of my career? Like, all of these questions that I was like, fuck, because obviously I had not been through it. Um, and then I realized that it comes down to the person and what they want to achieve in life. Like it really does. Like people will get pregnant, they'll give up training straight away though, yeah. because it's something that hasn't been in their life. Obviously training is part of who I am. Um, it's how I love to move my body and to it's my therapy. So like, it's always part of who, like what I do. So that stayed in the whole time. And, and I was, obviously there are different people that people get, immensely sick during pregnancy um people that just vomit the entire time i have yeah. a friend like that and she's she she actually continued to train because regardless if she was sick or not like like she, regardless if she was training or not she was still sick so she's like i'm just yeah. gonna do it anyway so fuck yeah. it you know like yeah so it comes down to the individual and i trained i think four days a week um up until the day that i was that i day had that had luna um i took a good six to eight weeks off which was bliss. And then I got back into rehabilitation after that. But yeah, it was, it was more so at the start, I worried about what I would look like. Then halfway through, I was like, wow, like the body is insane and this is incredible and I'm going to be fine. Like I was fine away. Like, and that's kind of like parents just, if they want to get shit done in life, they just got to find a way and everyone can do it if they just put their mind to it. Absolutely. And it's, I find from a male's perspective is that it is incredible when you see any any woman that goes through pregnancy because having an alien just growing inside of you is Weird. crazy in its first you know first place. But then to see people uh, like yourself who have continued to maintain a very successful career and then post being able to continue that to get back to 
where they wanted to be. And yes, maybe have to change things slightly um, to now be with a new a newborn. And then as they're getting older, they become a bit more of a terror and they're starting to walk and run and things like that. Did you have to train differently once you uh, were kind of post baby um, and she is starting to be a little bit less reliant on you? Um, but obviously the physical changes that it did to your body, did you find you had to change anything at all? Honestly, I didn't really change too much. Like even during pregnancy, I was still training like quite intensely. I obviously mm -hmm. backed it off a little bit. I wasn't like going super, super heavy, um, but I also wasn't going super, super light. Like I was just figuring out what I needed and I was trusting my body to know what I needed on that particular day. Um, postpartum, I really wanted to lean into like recovery because I knew that a lot of women come out of pregnancy with like fucked backs and hips and, and all that kind of stuff. And it's because of like our postures during pregnancy and the fact that we have this giant like watermelon in front of us that yeah. it moves everything out of place. So like that was my big focus um, for mm -hmm. the first six months. And then once I got a lot of that under control, I started back essentially like with, I did a lot of my own programming. So the programming that I actually have for my, my postpartum mums, I just, ran through that program and I was like, fuck it. I'm now this is perfect. Um, yeah. But yeah. It, it was just a really good like recovery phase. And that's kind of like, I think a lot of women miss that. They think that they, it's not something that they need to recover or, or rehab from. And it is, it, it's, it's an injury essentially a fucking big injury. And mm. it isn't something that it comes good in two weeks. Like it's, yeah. you're essentially in your postpartum phase for like 12 months. Um, and a mm. lot of people think it's like six weeks, but it's not. Yeah. And that's the thing, right? Like everybody also reacts to those types of injuries, whether it is something like pregnancy or an actual, uh, a different physical injury. Everybody recovers differently, heals differently and at different speeds. Yeah. And so you have to be able to listen to your body. And that comes a lot with being attuned to yourself and what you need, like you were just talking about. And so that all kind of falls back onto that mindset. Did you find that, you said you struggled with what you were going to look like. Did it come in ebbs and flows, that feeling, or was it something that was from the beginning, from like the first piss on a stick, I'm pregnant, you know, that kind of thing, that was that immediate and stayed, or did it come and go? It came and go, like it came and went. Like the first time, like obviously I, I didn't really show until I was like 15 or 16 weeks. Um, so that first trimester is like, this first and second is kind of the worst, especially your first pregnancy, because you don't really look pregnant. You kind of just look fat and it's not yeah. like, not like a nice big pop. Like it's just like, yeah. Oh, this is weird. Yeah. Um, so that, that time's weird for everyone. I think I mm -hmm. talked to a lot of pregnant women and they're just like, yeah, it's not great. Like, cause you don't look like pregnant. You just look like you have this big bloated belly, yeah. but like I, it, it came and went and especially postpartum, it still like came and went. But I think like all thoughts, right? Like we think about millions of thoughts a day. Um, it's whether you like want to listen to it and hold on to it or just let it pass. So, yeah. you know, I would always just find myself like going, if I thought of a negative thought, I'd be like, okay, I'm going to meet that negative thought with like three really good ones. And I would just be like, I'm so grateful for my body. I'm so grateful for what it's done. And I'm so grateful for what it's going to do. And I would be like, all right, we're back here again. So like, yeah, yeah we, we have the choice to change the thoughts. 
Absolutely. The manifestation of good energy towards yourself is enormous. And people, yeah. you know, it can be kind of seen as a little bit oodoo, like, you know, charging crystals and all of that type of stuff. But it is, it's very true, you know, like yeah. the, what you speak into yourself and what you allow others, things that come in from wherever, whether it's something you look on your phone, you watch on TV, whatever, all of that has an impact on, on your mindset and how you think and feel and how you ultimately react to different situations. Yeah. So if, if there's mums that are listening, what would be your kind of advice without giving away too much of your postpartum plan that you have? What would be the, the advice from especially a professional athlete, but a woman, a mum, and your body is done very similar to, to what they have? What's your advice to them to get back on track? It's honestly just like to take that time initially. Like we all want to jump straight back into it, but you don't realize until you've gone through it like that we should sit in that like postpartum like six to eight weeks of just walking and just connecting and just being um, with your baby, with your family, with your partner. And then like start rehab. Don't jump into these like mama boot camps where they're jumping around, they're doing dumb shit. Like there's some that are good and there's some that are just like promoting injury. Um, mm. Don't jump straight back into running. Like, allow your body understand that your body's gone through a huge transitional phase and that it needs a lot of love and a lot of nourishment um and i guess like the last point would be don't restrict yourself or starve yourself although you may mm. feel at the time that like i feel i feel fat i feel sloppy i feel gross i'm just going to start a deficit just reach out for someone that has like a good qualification we do um, we usually put our women in like a maintenance phase or, or if like if they're breastfeeding slightly higher to be able to promote milk supply and the women that come out of these programs, they're strong, like they're ready to, to get into their second year of like postpartum life. A lot of the women that I get that have tried their own thing, like they're tired, they're worn out because they've just put themselves into a deficit too fast. They've gone back to their, you know, hit classes and they're, are just not in a great place hormonally. So, like, there's usually, like, yeah, the two types of people, the people that just jump straight back into it and really fuck themselves up or the one that just took time, recovered, understood that this was not a time to get into a deficit, this was a time for recovery, and they have, like, a much better outcome. But it's hard, like, and I totally understand it from both point of views, like, why people would choose that too. Yeah. And how did you go then, Em, with the, with the connection like directly after pregnancy because I know that there is a lot of mums who who struggle with the connection with their baby straight away now especially um coming off the back of a very long time within your own training and career and things like that which especially bodybuilding is very solo right like it is you against you obviously yeah. yes the competition but when you're in the gym you're kicking your own ass and making sure that you're lifting and it doesn't matter how many people are just like one more rep if you mentally give up then then th that rep's not coming so yeah. there's obviously a lot of solo within that and now you add another little being that is like completely relies on you how did you go with that initial connection um, this was hard because obviously like Matt and myself are both bodybuilders and we're both quite selfish in that way. Like, and we had, have had to be for many years. Mm -hmm. So the transition phase was, was pretty messy in terms of like having this person to look after that again was solely reliant on us to be able to like, okay, what the fuck do we do and how do we work this into 
our schedule. And prior to having her, I was like, she's just going to come with me and do whatever we need to do. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. It doesn't work like that. They don't, they don't just go along with a plan half the time. So like it came to a point where we're like, well, we just got to flow. We got to flow like water and we just got to make like, we don't have, we don't set big schedules for our day because we know anything could happen. We could like, she could call, they could call out from daycare and be like, Oh, come pick her up and we'll just have to figure it out. So like, we've become more relaxed human beings in that way. Like if something happens, we just manage it. We have like a schedule that I sit down on Sunday and I write down everything that's happening. Who's picking who up, who's going there appointments, like all of that kind of stuff. So we know what we're doing um, and that we're organized. And I think that's like the, the secret, right? It's just yeah. to be organized as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we have like backup plans. Like if she does come home from daycare, Thank God we have like crash or thank God we have each other to be like, okay, well you go gym. I'll come within, I'll go gym later. Like it was more so like it was hard at the start and there was obviously a lot of tears and arguments, but it just gets to a point where you're just like, all right, life doesn't always like go perfectly and we just got to manage it as it comes. Mm. And I think that that's such a, an amazing way to look at it is to just be like water, right? Like it's like that old Chinese proverb, I swear, every sensei yeah. says is be like water. Yeah. And, you know, like it, it is exactly like that. And I think as well, I saw that, I think you might've posted it today on your story and it was like so many people just want life basically to be easy and expect it to be. And then when adversity comes, fall apart and they're just like, fuck this, this is all too yeah. hard. And when you've got, a massive change like a baby or like a new job or like a whatever things that life throws at us, it's very easy to get very overwhelmed and then kind of revert back to an old habit that might have been laying there for a little while, which is this is too hard, I'll give up, right? And making those mental mind shifts and mindset changes comes from a lot of self-work, right? You can't just expect that you're going to say it all and manifest it, as we said before. It actually takes the fucking steps to be able to get there, right? Yeah. And what was those... Uh, do you have any of those kind of mindset fallbacks at all with anything that you might have been through previously? I think a lot of my mindset is actually from my parents. Um, they yep. are really hardworking people and whatever came their way, they just dealt with it. So like, that's kind of my thing in life is like, like obviously I had periods of time like before I matured and things like that, that like things would really get to me and get me down and I'd be depressed and stuff. But like after that point that I moved through, I was just like, well, things happen and the only person that's going to come and save you is you. So like get the mm. fuck up. Like, no one yeah. will get. Yeah. Yeah. And like it sounds sad sometimes, but you're like no one, no one is going to save you and no one's going to put the work in for you. Like, and the easiest thing to do is just do it yourself rather than waiting and whinging and hoping that someone's going to come and get you. So yeah, just got to knuckle up. Do it yourself. Absolutely. There, there needs to be sometimes those, yes, life gets hard and it can be very sad and unfortunate, whatever those things are. But there does come a point where you need to be like, I can either let this just be the end of me and this is what defines me now as a person is how I quit in this situation because that's what people yeah. will remember. Or you can use it as a building block to be able to say, okay, this sucks. Yep, I'm going to take a step up and I'm going to move on to something else. And continue to keep growing. Now, with the um, using those things as a lesson and using previous experiences and whatnot, you with 
your partner, Matt, you guys both being bodybuilders and like I said earlier, phenomenal physiques. Um, do you guys, I'm sure you get asked this all the time. Do you guys bounce each other's training plans, nutrition and things like that off each other? And you guys go, that's shit. That's good. Like, does that kind of stuff happen? Not really. Like he has his coach. I have my coach. And yep. we just stay out of each other's shit, really. Like, yep. we eat essentially the same thing because we both do um, more of, like, the macro tracking, flexible dieting type style. But we don't, like, flexible diet in the way that people think flexible dieting is. Like, we have a plan for our food based around the pl- the food that we love. Um, yep. And that we can eat consistently. And that's good for us. And then we train very differently. So we used to we used to train together probably when we started dating and then that went out the window because we realized like we couldn't train that. He has different days, I have different days. It doesn't work ever. So some days like once every 6 months I might get a leg session in, but that's that's about it. I tell you what, training with your missus is the fucking worst thing in the fucking world. I absolutely <laughs> hate it. Like lay, like you'd be like glute drive, cable kickbacks, Romanian deadlift, step ups. <laughs> yeah, it's just that yeah, I find, and I'm sure that maybe actually it's a little bit different with you guys. But for yeah. my missus, she is like she loves the gym and she's very fit and athletic. Yeah. But because I am her fiance, she will not take any advice from me because I'm not a personal trainer. If yeah. I was wearing a PT shirt and she was paying me to be there, and I was telling her exactly if the I- same fucking thing. <laughs> Oh, it's I. So now, if she's like, "Do you want to go to the gym together?" I'm like, "Yeah, that's fine." But you fucking train over there, and I'm training uh, here. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like I'm, we're grateful. Sometimes, like sometimes when I'm feeling slightly triggered, like if he'll say something, I'll be like, yeah. "What?" Is- <laughs> but like most of the time, I'm like, "Okay, like I'll take that on board." We're like because we work together and we yeah. we're around each other majority of the time. Like we, yeah, we we do most of the time listen to what each other says yeah yeah and i mean because that is like what you guys have to do especially because you guys are working together and bouncing um business ideas off of each other and i guess that kind of leads into the the next bit that i wanted to talk about which is more of the the business side of things right yeah so with the the constant change and growth and things like that that happen within social media business, making sure that you're staying relevant, making sure that you're always kind of one foot in front rather than trying to always play catch up. How yeah. do you guys go about making sure that you are doing all of that, especially in such a massive industry like the fitness and health one? Honestly, it's so easy to get caught in like this kind of, these thoughts um and i could go down a rabbit hole and spiral until i die about this this to this stuff like like whether i'm working or not lying in bed i'm always thinking about like what's next what's the next business thing what's this person doing like what can we do to better our better our growth um but i also like we have to sometimes just sit and be like what are we doing well let's Mm. do more of that instead of trying to reinvent shit all the time, like a lot of these business coaches and stuff want you to, um, what has worked for us is being really good coaches. What we're going to continue to do is be really good coaches. And yeah. that's it. Like our, our lead generation comes from referrals, comes from our clients. Like, so it is the most organic and genuine way of getting clients. Um, we What we put a lot of effort into is trying to like, 
get exposure essentially from new eyes. Um, but that's essentially like all we're doing. Like we, we have the same thing and we just keep doing the same thing. Cause like it, I could stress myself out trying to think of like, what is the next best thing? Like I'm usually like what I'm thinking about sometimes is like, what can I invest in outside of fitness? That's going to give me another like revenue stream, passive revenue stream or something like that. Like they're the shit that I think about. I yeah. like, I've, I've always thought about like, what else could we do? Um, but sometimes we just need to think like, what am I doing? Well, let's just do more of that. And like, we do challenges and things like that. And it's, it's the same stuff for us, but we do it well and it keeps growing. So we're just going to invest into that. But yeah, it is like, yeah. like, like I, I get really like hung up on sometimes still, mm. but then I have to remind myself, like, I don't need to be reinventing shit. Like just, just stay here. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. Hey, it's not always about reinventing the wheel. It's just about maybe yeah. improving the current one that we have and then how yeah. can we do that? But like you said, is also being super fucking proud of what it is that you've achieved thus far because yeah. your successes will vary, right? Some of them are astronomical and you can just be like, holy, like this is this is amazing and crazy to see how much this has grown compared to what it used to be. And so just yeah. be proud of that. And then yeah. it's those little one percenters that you can get better at every day that ultimately will start to compound over time. And then yeah. you look back and you just go, holy shit. Like I put in enough energy there that I didn't take away from the, the mainstream of income, enjoyment, creativity and being creative comes in a, the purest form, I think, of authenticity, which then yeah. leads to the greatest version of organic growth because the people that are buying it, whatever that product might be, and a lot of the time, especially in the fitness world, it's yourself. You are the product. Yeah. And so if you level that out to people being authentic, then they just be like, I love this. This is what I want. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Love that. Yeah, and no, I think, yeah, it's, it is – it's like a business person's like curse. Like when you own your own business, you never stop thinking about it ever until the day you probably die. And yeah. like, it's about kind of like keeping yourself in check to not let that spiral out of control because it can cause so much anxiety. Like I have not like sleepless nights sometimes thinking about stuff and thinking like, cause essentially like I built this company, um, obviously with Matt and, but if I like stepped out of it, what would happen, right? So, like, I guess that is the next point is to get to a point where it is quite self-sustainable if I chose to have time out. So, like, the bigger goals for us long-term is, like, to be for me to be able to step out of the business, um, to have more time with my daughter, to have more time with myself, to have more time with Matt, um, because we are very much in the business, which I love, though. So, like, so it, yeah. it's, you know, you don't get everything that you want sometimes we just have to yeah. get a little bit closer yeah absolutely so let's let's dive into that a little bit then and what's what's something that because keeping your own um cup full is super important what are those things that that fill your cup and i i'll specify a little bit and it can't be the gym um look i'm a simple person it could be like going down to the beach with luna in the afternoons and just walking on the beach like probably back in the day it would be like going to dinner with friends doing big things traveling traveling is actually one of them um yeah. i love traveling it is it is a part of me and matt's sole existence yeah um but yeah it, it's just simple shit like watching a yeah. movie going to the beach yeah 
all of those good things that are wholesome, yeah. I guess, you know, like, and just fill your cup up. Amazing. And, um, and M, if everybody wants to be able to jump onto and be a part of um, Team King Bodies, where can they do that? And where can they find you? So it's just kingbodies.com. Easy yep. as that. Um, or my Instagram is Emily underscore kingbodies. Beautiful. Well, Emily, thank you so much for all of your time. And I wish you all the best. And I can't wait to see everything that you guys produce more and more into the future. Thank you so much. No worries. Thanks, Em. Mm-hmm.